welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to dominate your career, then you are in the right place. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker. And Monica Marquez, ex-Googler, diversity expert, and senior corporate leader. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Monica Marquez, your host for today's episode. How many of you experience sweaty palms, shaky knees, and can feel your heart about to pound its way out of your chest the moment you have to speak or perform publicly? Glossophobia, also known as the fear of public speaking, stage fright, or performance anxiety, affects an estimated 73% of the population, according to a recent article in Psychology Today. Now, in this day and age, with all of the new technology and the increase in video conference meetings, you have to be prepared to speak to an audience and be camera ready at any given moment, which only increases the anxiety for many people. The good news, however, is that you can learn to control this fear. In this episode, our guest Michelle Moreno, a 14-year Hollywood actress and a Stanford graduate, shares her perspective on how any leader can become more confident on camera and build trust and influence virtually anywhere, no matter how overwhelmed or terrified they start out. Michelle teaches business leaders secrets from the acting world, where she appeared on hit TV shows such as ABC's Boston Legal, FX's The Shield, and NBC's Parenthood. She's also a contributing author to two books by Guy Kawasaki and has appeared on dozens of online shows as a video confidence expert. Michelle believes that the most valuable currency online today is people's attention. Learning to capture it on camera is the superpower of the 21st century. So she wants you to lead with authority, confidence, and on-camera style. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources referenced in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Michelle. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you on. And uh, this, for me, is an exciting um, episode because you have some subject matter expertise that I think is going to be so valuable for our listeners, especially in this virtual age and this new work environment where we're always in front of a camera. And your expertise is about how do you make sure that you are coming across camera and, you know, getting your message across and just, you know, being able to stand up and stand out uh, is an important thing now in this world, this digital age world. So without further ado, um, tell us a little bit about your story and what you learned along your journey, because I don't think you actually ever set out to be this, you know, expert in, in, in you know, in the camera, but um I loved your story and learning more about you, so I'd love for you to share that with our audience. Thank you for having me on Beyond Barriers today. Absolutely. <laughs> when I was growing up, my dream was to be a television actress. Uh-huh. But the only people on television that I saw with a hook nose like mine were Eric Estrada from Chips and The Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> but I moved to Hollywood anyway, and uh-huh. I got a game show Hollywood Squares, and it was my first time on national television, and I had already been a singer, and uh-huh. I thought, you know, I've done live theater, I thought I had it. Then when the camera light went on, I freaked out <gasps> in panic and fear, 
not in front of a hundred or a thousand or a hundred thousand viewers at home, but in front of millions of people. Oh, wow. I felt like I was wrapped in cotton. I kept asking Tom Bergeron, can you, com- can you please repeat the question? Because I couldn't <laughs> hear it. Uh-huh. I looked up at the celebrity panel and Whoopi Goldberg and Big Bird looked down on me sadly as I unraveled. <laughs> and I went back into that dressing room. Oh, my gosh. And the people who were waiting their turn to go on the game show, mm-hmm. they like parted like the Red Sea. They, they couldn't get away from me fast enough because they were so embarrassed for me. They couldn't even talk to me. Oh, and wow. they were afraid that they were going to catch my loser disease. And I had dropped my whole life of being a television actress. Oh, and I wow. Cried for a year. Mm-hmm. Now, how did, how did you get past that? Because I know most people, I mean, you know, that's, it's devastating, right? And, and it, that's your dream. So what, do you, what did you do? How do you, you know, pull yourself out of that? Luckily, I had gone to Stanford University. So there was uh-huh. filter number one. I had already been chosen as somebody who was special. Uh-huh. You know, and I always had that feeling inside of me. And mm-hmm. I saw my girlfriend on television, who was from Stanford. Mm-hmm. She was on Hardball. And I said, I am no different. I am no less talented and I can allow this to crush me or I can take action. Mm-hmm. And I got mentors. I got onto acting classes. I failed and failed. I went on hundreds of auditions mm-hmm. and I decided that I am just going to fail because guess what? A winner is a loser who just got up one mm-hmm. more time. I that love that. Is what, I did not because I knew that's what I was doing, not because I had taken the growth mindset class from Stanford professor Carol Dweck. It was because that was a part of me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because I needed to be a role model for brown girls everywhere. I don't know if it's because I just wanted fame so badly and nothing was going to stop me. But let me tell you, if you're willing to take action and if you are willing to cast aside the negative thoughts for long enough to get through mm-hmm. that, or get through that camera shoot or get through that meeting. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you commit to taking action and then taking in the real world feedback from my mentors, from my auditions, from everything, mm-hmm. you can achieve success because grit is what makes winners. Mm, absolutely. Success is just a failure that didn't end in failure. Mm, I love that. So you mentioned a little bit, you, you talked about how when you wanted to be a, a a TV, an actress, and you noticed that there weren't a lot of people that looked like you, not a very many Latinas and And nobody with a hook nose. nose. Um, But you said you reached out and you found mentors and you found individuals to learn from. Um, How did you get access to those influential individuals? What what is it that you did in order to gain access to learn from them and um, build those relationships? I knew to get onto camera on how in Hollywood, I had to take classes on camera. I had to get myself on the camera and I decided to pick somebody who wasn't just a teacher, but somebody who had gone through it before. Mm, mm-hmm. So I chose a, how did I do it? I found the right coach and I paid them money. Mm. I paid the fee. I got into the class and I learned from a coach named Richard Lawson, mm-hmm. uh, who was an actor and a working actor and he had lots of hit roles. And so that's who I wanted to learn from. And, and, then I, uh, and, and then I took on another uh, acting coach. But that's what you do. You know, you mm-hmm. go for it and you don't question yourself until after the action is taken. You can still have doubts. You can mm-hmm. still have those things churning through you. But what you do is you just say, I have to put that all aside mm-hmm. for the duration of this audition, this television shoot. 
this meeting. I have mm-hmm. to say to myself, when I am 60% confident, I'm going to hit that unmute button and say something valuable, something that is relevant and valuable. And if you have that mentality where you push yourself beyond what you think you're capable of, mm-hmm. afterward you can play it back and say, oh, gosh, I should have done this, or oh, I, I should have looked better, or all those critiques that come flying in our heads, mm-hmm. put them at bay until you take action. And then afterward, that's when you look back and say, how could I improve? Mm. So you have to actually take the action and then learn from the, maybe the misaction that you did, but at least you took the action, right? Exactly. And listen, I listen. Mm -hmm. No, that's fantastic. Tell me a little bit about you, you know, you mentioned that when you're 60% confident that you just still unmute that button and you say something or you start talking. And in, you know, just historically in my career, working with a lot of women in the workplace, um, even when it comes to applying for jobs, um, you know, they want to be able to check the box 100% or have all the certifications or know exactly what they want to say before they say it. And they always miss the opportunity. How do you coach people to get comfortable with 60% confidence? What is it? What are some techniques them, that you share? I say to them, you know, men, men will speak or apply for a job when they are 60% confident in their beliefs. Women do not speak or apply for a job until they are 90 or 100% confident. Mm-hmm. So the next time when you go to a meeting and there's a man mansplaining, and guess what? The value that you bring to the table, which you could have expressed in a more clear way, in a more concise way, in a more compelling way, in mm-hmm. a more relevant way, those beautiful words that could uplift your organization or project or business, they're gone forever. And who's getting all the credit? Mm. The guy who spoke up at 60%. Uh-huh. So if you want to continue to allow the competition to slay you, don't raise your hand. Mm-hmm. If you want to slay your competition and get credit where credit is due, then you speak and you unmute. And when you do, you have to be very clear. You have to be concise and it has to be relevant. And if you have to explain why what you're saying matters, then explain it. You have Mm. to explain what's in it for me. So they are not going to 100% get you. You have to come out with that opening hook. That's what we all do when we make videos for YouTube, Mm -hmm. social media. So you have to do that in a meeting. Meeting, which basically explains to your audience that you're talking to in that meeting what's in it for me and then they'll snap to and pay attention and then you give them with hit them with the value and then boom you're done so it does dig into that a little bit like you were saying you have to be concise you have to be clear um what are some of the techniques or how does someone prepare for that right because sometimes in a meeting if you're you know if you're not prepared then you miss the boat and you're either you don't speak up or you certainly aren't concise <laughs> I mean, I do a lot of confidence uh, building exercises that prepare people for things like going on camera in high pressure situations, mm-hmm. uh, sort of clear the stress of your body. Um, a quick way to do it would be doing something like a physical exercise mm-hmm. before you get into a meeting that will just sort of get the energy out. And mm-hmm. then just sort of posture and hold your attention by sitting up very straight, which sort of gives you the inner chemistry of confidence, mm-hmm. rolling your shoulders back so that you look more confident. And then if you have that extra nervous energy before you speak, then just, you know, squeeze your shoulder blades and sit up straight. So that's where you're going to hold mm-hmm. your attention to make sure that it doesn't come out in your hands or your shaky voice. You breathe and you start breathing deeply and slowly because the person with the most relaxed breath is the most confident in the room and the one who is perceived as most confident. 
And mm. then when you hit unmute, you know what you're going to say. You have already studied your audience. You know what's relevant or meaningful to them. And if they don't know, you do a little one sentence explainer like, the reason this is important is because I understand from the customers that they rate this at the most high. Right. And this is the reason that they feel this way. Or some compelling piece of evidence or even some compelling tiny little mini story that you throw up front that doesn't take longer than 10, 15 seconds mm-hmm. to explain why something is relevant if you need to. Mm-hmm. Not, you go straight for the jugular. You say your point. You say it clearly, concisely, because you have practiced it. Mm-hmm. All the great ideas that you have in your head, you practice. Mm-hmm. You get them down to their essence. You, you put a little timer on and say, I'm going to explain my point in 20 minutes. Or, um, excuse me, not 20 minutes, 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And you force yourself to learn how to be clear and concise. And when you do that and when you are prepared and you know that sound bites will win the day, you will absolutely grab their attention. Mm. I like that. Sound, ba- sound bites will win the day because it is the sound bites that people walk away with. It's not the long verbose kind of message that someone, someone you know, took up half the meeting explaining. Um, it's true. And, 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 but the piece that really does matter is the what's in it for me. You mm. have to make sure they understand why it's important or give them the contextual context that will bring meaning to what mm-hmm. you say. And what are some of the, I guess, common mistakes that you see individuals do, especially now in this day and age of, you know, now there's so much video out there. It's almost like video is dominating everything. And now video is dominating most business meetings. Um, What are some common mistakes that, you know, people need to think about and avoid? The number one mistake I see is people who are like, let's say I'm on this interview and I'm only watching you the whole time. Uh Uh-huh. There may be points in the meeting where I have to take in the other person. Mm-hmm. When it is my turn to talk, I have to locate where that lens is, and I have to speak with my eyes connected to the lens. Mm. Because otherwise, if I speak like this, people don't feel that same level of emotional connection. Mm. So to make a human sort of a more emotional connection on camera, you want to relate to the lens. Your eyes connect to that lens as it would in a natural conversation with mm. someone who brings out the best in you. Okay. So I always say you have to turn on the friend. (laughs) Okay. You know, that friend who who just makes you smile. You may hate the people that you're talking to on that camera. (laughs) Right, right. To your best friend or recreate what it's like when you're with your bestie. You know how it is when you're like, ah, no, girl, you know, like, are you kidding me? You know, like that same happiness and energy, but of course, in a professional setting you only are going to speak about professional things, but you're going to be that friend at a cafe and connecting your eyes to the lens. Mm-hmm. So important. The second mistake I see is that the face is not well lit. So I'm going to turn my lights right here around mm-hmm. and you can see, Oh yes. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. Do I come across as professional? Right. Do I look like a video confidence expert. No. <laughs> so, right. And so you can look better than the average bear by just getting light on your face. And I can put a link uh, to these lights Mm -hmm. if you'd like. But, you know, even just a dust lamp that has a frosted bulb and maybe a dimmer on it, Mm -hmm. the trick. If not, I'll send you a link to these lights. But uh, Or, you know, you can find a ring light on Amazon, Mm -hmm. what have you. But that's really important is to have your face well and evenly lit. And the last thing that I see, the biggest mistake is really horrible framing. 
Mm. So the people on camera are either talking like this, or they're above their, uh, or they're um, they're above, and so then it yeah. looks. It just doesn't look. Well, I'm so well lit that I don't look that bad. But yeah. I can make myself look really ugly. <laughs> so you don't want to be like back here because mm -hmm. I'm like, going to connect to me. Mm -hmm. No, you want your face to be at least fifty percent of the frame. Okay, fifty percent. Because people connect to babies. Mm -hmm. Baby animals and humans, and unless you have a baby panda in your budget, guess what? <laughs> you are the baby panda. <laughs> you are the baby panda. I love that. So taking up fifty percent of the frame, awesome. Okay. So um, and then thinking about messaging, storytelling. Um, I think some of the the you know missed opportunities a lot of the times are. You know, nowadays, it used to be the elevator pitch, right? But not very many of us are getting in elevators in this current environment um, <laughs> to be able to, to kind of mix and mingle with individuals. So you are on camera again and doing the round robins of seeing everybody on, on video camera. What are your tips? What is your advice on just um, introductions, like, or just being able to tell a quick story of who you are and, um, you know, your value proposition? I can only speak to um, sort of people who have a personal brand or something that they're putting mm -hmm. out into this world. And the first way you can do it is just to state something that you believe, like your, your why. So mm. for example, me, I mm -hmm. help people go on camera with confidence and I can just start by saying, I believe that anyone can go from freak outs to freedom on camera. Okay, so, and then what that does is, if so, let's say, uh, what would be an example, something that you might say, Monica, about what you really believe is possible in this, in the world? Certainly. So, I, you know, I believe that women can accelerate their success by learning the success and career strategies of successful people. Okay, perfect. So, you know, you believe that women can become the same as their role models, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Become, you know, so you could say something like that, you know. I believe the path to, to uh, you know, more women in this world is become the, your role model. And mm -hmm. it's doable. And I'm here to show you how. Right? And so right away, that framing your beliefs in mm -hmm. just a sentence, already somebody's going to be drawn to you. Like, mm. You know? Become, become the same as my role models. I can right. do that. They just suddenly will have a, a deeper belief in themselves. Right. So it has a lot of meaning. Mm -hmm. If you state your beliefs in that way. The second way is uh, what I call your connection story. Mm. And the connection story would be the same path or story that relates to what you're doing on camera. So, for example, let's just say, um, what would be an example? Give me an example of somebody who needs to tell their story on camera in your world, in the, in the business world. Well, if, you know, someone's coming in to do a presentation and maybe it's the first time the client is meeting them, but there's the introductions of, you know, you're the project manager, but you're the one in charge. Why were you picked, in other words, to be the project okay. manager? Okay, so let's say I'm a project manager and the reason I'm sitting in that chair is because I figured out how to shorten the cycle, let's mm -hmm. say, the production from three months to... A month. Right. <laughs> That's why I'm sitting there. Right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So you, first you take, you know, what it is that makes you special. Some people call this your value uh, differentiator. There's many, many names, but what mm -hmm. it is that's making you special in that moment for that project. 
So you're not going to tell the story about how when you first started, uh, you know, working as a health coach. Right. That has no relevance, health, health coach, to this job you're doing now. You have to tell the story that's really going to paint while you're sitting in that specific chair for that specific, specific project, especially if you're somebody who mm-hmm. has to write. Right. Next, you take that value and you put it into a little mini story. And you mm. say it as a mini story. You don't say, I'm here because I cut it down from three months to one, which would already be pretty good, right? But that sounds mm-hmm. like an elevator pitch. Right. The story would be, I remember the moment when the boss said, I can't believe this. You got it down to three weeks. Mm-hmm. How did you do it? So that's a story of him sitting in the office in a time and place in the same way that you would tell a story in a movie or on a television mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And by painting it that way, that person gets that feeling of, oh, yeah, I remember when I told my other client or mm-hmm. my other employee how much I was happy and I took them out for drinks. That's exactly what I said or that's exactly how I felt. Mm-hmm. And so people drop their guard mm-hmm. in the story and it really sucks you in. So you really want to paint your results in a way that's just a little mini story in a time and place. Mm, that's fantastic. And, and you mentioned another really important thing where you said, you know, and I think it's important no matter what career you're in is thinking about your brand and mm-hmm. really kind of thinking about yourself, your product, the, the, the product or the work that you do um, as a brand. And so when you are talking to individuals about crafting their brand or kind of even solidifying their brand, what are some of the, what's the advice you tell them in terms of really thinking about themselves as a brand? Well, when I was um, straight out of Stanford, I wrote for a guy named Tom Peters. I was an assistant editor of his newsletter mm. called Achieving Excellence. And he mm-hmm. wrote a, an article called The Brand Called You or something like that. Mm-hmm. In the early 90s, he was talking about becoming a personal brand as an employee. Mm-hmm. And he was so far light years beyond his time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so absolutely, if you're a career person or working for a company, guess what? That company might have some drastic situation like COVID and you're out of a job. Mm. So you have to create your brand that moves with you. So the most important thing you can do is start to gather, ask people, what makes me different? Like if you don't already know mm-hmm. what your top three strengths are or why people want to work with you, ask people, what was mm-hmm. it about the way I approached that project that was different? What makes you want to work with me? What, what are the top three words that you would use to describe me? Mm-hmm. Right? So what do people tell you, Monica, that, that what are those words that people use to describe you? Well, just um, influential. Uh, I think because I am outspoken a lot of the times and I am a Latina and there aren't a lot of outspoken Latinas in the corporate space. <laughs> so um, they are drawn to, you know, just, just that. Um, the other is collaboration. And the other is my nickname is MacGyver. I mean, I will figure out how to get something done, even if you only have a toothpick and a rubber band. So, so um, okay. just those types of things of just being very resourceful and creative. All right. So you're the MacGyver who gets it done, but who's also willing to take a stand when nobody else will, right? Mm. So just if you were to just say that, mm-hmm. somebody might be like, Tell me more. You know, like MacGyver, mm-hmm. what does that mean? For those who know MacGyver, I don't really know MacGyver, but MacGyver must be able to do anything. 
Yes. Like, <laughs> the old TV work. miniseries MacGyver that he would like get out of a pinch with, you know, a paperclip and a spool of thread. It's okay, like, <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So everybody who knows MacGyver is going to be really intrigued to learn more. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? And, and she's going to take a stand with nobody else. Well, let's bring her in because I'm not ready to take that stand because it's going to X, Y, Z. Do you want to grow your impact as a change agent who ignites transformation in others, but you don't have a proven step-by-step method? Do you want to grow your visibility and influence as a thought leader to inspire others, but you don't know where to begin? The Beyond Barriers High Performance Executive Coach Certification is designed for experienced leaders who want to grow their impact and influence. Join this exclusive community of high achievers, advance your career as a leader, and experience the joy of helping others grow. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com and register for the webinar to learn more. You were, we were talking a little bit about um, the the brand. Just like what do you, how do you, how do yes. people craft their brand? Mm-hmm. Correct. So now that you know that's what you are, that's what you're going to pin your brand on, mm-hmm. right? Those aspects of you that are different Mm -hmm. and you know you could come up with the you can come up with the ideas you know the words that really speak to who you are you know so if it's that you're just great at pitching then you become the killer pitch master Mm -hmm. you know uh the macgyver who will take a stand and get it done so be it you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying and i'm not saying it's exact language but you start to understand who you are and how you're different and Everything you do from what you wear to what you say to how you approach things starts to fit in to that cohesive brand. Mm, That's fantastic. And that's really tangible advice in terms of really thinking about um, how do you differentiate yourself? And I I mean, I think that's really important. Like you were saying, find those unique things, but the hook of being able to, in one sentence, really get people's attention, but they understand in that one sentence what value you bring. I think that's extremely important, especially in this day and age where, you know, we have so many people now in the job market looking for jobs. How do you distinguish yourself and how do you, how do you do that? And I think this is where, you know, great advice that you've given already in terms of now most interviews are via video. It's like video, you know, interviews. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about those video, you gave some tips on making sure that there was the lighting and that they were taking up 50% of, of the space. Um, How do you, you know, how would you coach someone on calming the nerves? Because I know like in a pressure pressure situation in an interview, you're being asked all these questions and it is almost kind of like all of a sudden being on Hollywood Square and the camera hits you and they ask you the question. (laughs) Um, How do you get people to calm themselves? What are some exercises or tips to help people, you know, release that, you know, nervous energy and speak and speak up when they need to? Yes. There is a TED Talk by Kelly McGonigal Mm. called How to Make Stress Your Friend. Mm. And in it, she took a control group and she taught them, did you know that stress can actually help you? And the body's response to stress can help you in a stressful situation. And then she took the regular group and didn't teach them anything. Mm -hmm. Guess what? The group that learned that stress was helpful performed better. Just strictly on the idea that was put into their head, Mm -hmm. stress can help. So I have taken that information Mm -hmm. and I have translated it to going on camera Mm -hmm. 
and the way you make nerves your friend is you understand that stress and your body's response to stress is your friend. Now, mm-hmm. your body's response to stress is to help you to either fight or run mm-hmm. because it's helping you in a very high-pressure situation where you think you're going to die. Okay, so right. going on camera or going on an interview, your body actually thinks it's, you're going to die and that you're in danger. Okay, so mm-hmm. this is the body's natural response. I won't get into why. There's, mm-hmm. It goes deep, but just know that, that that's what's happening. It's actually right. your death. Okay, this is mm-hmm. what's happening especially with people going on camera, they fear death. Okay, <laughs> and So you have to take that and you have to say, I am going to use my nerves to my advantage. I'm going to roll my shoulders back. I am going to assume confident body language. I am going to make the tension by squeezing my shoulder blades. And I'm going to use this extra energy that's pumping in my body to remember my talking points, mm. to speak more clearly, to articulate, to pause after every phrase. And to speak in such a clear and concise manner. Answering every single one of their questions without taking too much time. And showing them how I can meet their challenges that I'm going to get this job. So despite whatever is coursing through your body, you can actually use it to your advantage. Mm. To speak louder. To articulate more. Use that energy. Don't, let, don't leave the energy here in your hand that's shaking. Put the hand down out of sight if your hand is shaking and use it to talk louder, to squeeze your shoulder blades more, to mm-hmm. stand up straighter, to look that person in the eye, in this case through the lens, and speak your truth. Excellent. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I just, I a, a client, I coached her on interviewing and she, then she had to give a virtual presentation. She got the job at a huge global tech company, Latina. There we go. That's right. Helping, helping the brown girls rise. (laughs) That's right. That's fantastic. Tell me a little bit about, so one thing that I know I have to do a lot of work on is filler words. And when you just presented just now in terms of being concise and clear, I noticed that you don't have any filler words. What are some tricks that you give people, you know, when they get in front of a camera to stop using filler words? You have to train yourself to pause instead. Mm. So filler words is, are, happen because your brain is trying to catch up to what you want to say, but your mouth moves faster than your brain. Mm. And so it's just trying to, it's trying to push the words out, but you don't have the words yet. So you have to train your body to pause. Now, I used to have a filler smack. I would go, Mm. instead of the word, which is a Uh little bit of an improvement, okay, Mm -hmm. over the word. (laughs) I started with baby steps, uh, or well, uh, or whatever. So I used to say so. Mm -hmm. I used to use that. And then I said, you know what, I'm not going to have anything. And you put a little timer on, and you say for the next 20 seconds, and you hit the timer, and you speak without any fillers. Mm. You just put put note cards together with random topics, and you grab the note card, and you put the timer on for 30 seconds, and you force yourself to speak with no fillers, and instead force yourself to pause instead. And you're going to be slow at first, but then eventually your body will start to get used to the idea of pausing instead of using the filler word. I love that. You're going to see me practicing with a stopwatch and cards (laughs) all all day long. I think they have some card decks out there with like 
random speaking topics. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they do when you or just use a quiz game or whatever. Like just grab the quiz trivia card. card. One of these brain games, brain teasers, where it's like trivia, and you don't have no idea about the topic, but you have to talk about it. Like if I mm -hmm. pull the card about famous football players, I don't know anything about football, but you best believe that I will give it a shot. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Be like the OJ trial. <laughs> and going on and on. <laughs> so kill the filler words by just practicing. With with the random pause. cards that you draw and you have to speak extemporaneously about some subject you have you have no idea what's coming. Draw the draw the card and you practice by going as slowly as you have to in order to pause instead of filler word. Wonderful. That is definitely something I will be working on myself. <laughs> now, just to kind of wrap up and close, I know that, um, you know, we are in a world where it's the digital age. Things are changing all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are here to help women accelerate their success. And what words of advice would you give them, especially given your, you know, experiences in various different industries and someone who has learned to embrace failure and learn from it, what advice would you give women as they are moving through this digital age and having to constantly learn new skills and, you know, attempt things where they may not have a mastery of it? What advice would you give them? I think you have to keep your eyes on the prize. Mm. And this is something that I struggle with myself. You really have to start embracing tactics like what 20% effort for 80% results, the 80-20 rule. You have to really start using that 80-20 rule, which I'm only now starting to apply to my life. Mm -hmm. But for example, I should have said no. Like this podcast is like perfectly aligned to my sweet spot and it's going to give me 80% of the results I seek. Mm -hmm. The last one I did this morning, not so much. And I mm. should have done a better job at understanding my own value and deciding, you know what? No, not my mm. target market, not my peeps, kind of what's this person's angle. You know what I mean? Like do mm -hmm. a better job of saying no and knowing that you're more valuable. And, and you know, women tend to undervalue. I know as a Latina, we really undervalue ourselves because yes. of our upbringing. You know, we're not taught to be, it's always the boy, you know, it's a, such a man's, uh, what do you call it? Patriarchal the, right. culture. That and machismo. Yeah. <laughs> machismo is like a thing. Okay. Uh -huh. So, and any woman of color and really any woman, I mean, it's just, we don't value ourselves enough. So go for the stuff that's going to give you 80% of the results and stop trying to say yes to everybody. I'm guilty of it just this morning. And I have to, like, I'll be like, Oh, I don't really want to do this. And my husband will be like, well, why don't you just say no? And instead, you know, I'm doing this thing for this podcast for this guy and it's not going to get me anywhere. And now instead of going on LinkedIn and finding my peeps, I'm wasting my time with this other person. Why? Because I'm not valuing myself enough. Mm. Why? Stop. I have to stop. You have to stop. You go for what you want. You put the goal out there and you don't stop until you get it. And you only align yourself with those who are going to get you 80% of the results and who are in complete alignment with what you believe. If mm -hmm. you find out something about that person, 
they're out. And don't you feel bad about it for a minute. Mm. Now, if it's going to put your job in jeopardy, then of course you don't say it, but you're thinking it Mm -hmm. and you're moving through this world knowing who you're going to align yourself with, who's going to get you 80% of what you want and who's going to create the world that you want to see because we don't have a choice anymore. In this world, if Mm -hmm. we don't take a stand for racial equality, diversity, we are going to get crushed by the very dark forces. Mm -hmm. So if you can't take a stand now, you never will. So it's time to put on your big girl panties and say no and say yes to those who will get you where you want to be. I love that. I absolutely think it's such critical advice to know your North Star. And every time you were going to say yes, making sure that it is aligned to that North Star. And if it's not, just say no. I'm guilty, wilty of not being able to say no. <laughs> I've got to work on that. Well, it's something that you, it's, it's just something that we've got to practice every day. And yes, we may fail at it every day, but just knowing <laughs> that you are practicing saying no. One day I am not going to fail at that. And that will be my day that is success. Fantastic. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I know that our listeners are going to be thrilled about the tangible takeaways that you've taught them. And I know that they are going to be practicing how to get rid of those filler words, to take up 50% of the camera space and to be able to hit unmute and speak clearly and concisely. How does someone um, reach you? How does someone, you know, contact you? How can they follow you? Yes, you can go to my website, which is videoconfidence.biz, and uh, you can either schedule a chat with me. Um, I'm always happy, especially for your audience, Mm -hmm. uh, to get on for 20 minutes and just give you a few tips of how you look on camera. Um, And of course, to find out about my programs, I have a group coaching program, I have one-on-one coaching programs. And did I mention that I ended up going on to television on hit television shows after my no so so you talked about how you freaked out and and fyi four years to the day that i went on to hollywood squares not the day but you know Uh i was on abc's boston legal doing a scene an act on television as an actress with william shatner i also did nbc's parenthood i ended up on fx's the shield and many 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 other uh roles in things so, you've never heard of, but I was a working actress. That's a testament to perseverance and not allowing that freak out to <laughs> end your dream, right? So you just, learn from the yeah. best. And I mean, I, I've got a, I've got a rap for you if you want to hear it. If you want to, I'd it. love it. I'd love it. Okay, this is for when you want to make a video or go on camera. It's time to make a video. Put your inner critic in the back seat behind plexiglass so she can't make a peep. She can come along for the ride, but she can't drive. And you cannot listen to her. She can come out when the shoot is over because there's a time when you meet her by your side. And that's the time to watch the replay because she's a master. She'll tell you faster how to improve. Just ask her. She might drive you cray cray, but that's okay, Kay, because when you tame her, you'll have a hell of a big digital payday. Okay, tame your inner critic for the day, love her and then send her on her way bye 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 i love that <laughs> we are gonna that's gonna become a theme song <laughs> for our beyond barriers women i love it <laughs> thanks for sharing that is fantastic michelle and i cannot wait for our listeners to get a taste of their rap that they're going to sing every time they go before a presentation uh, maybe i'll make it a guided audio 
There we go. (laughs) We have to do a little clap dance with it. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, thanks again. And we will certainly be um, in touch with you so that you can continue to share your pearls of wisdom with our audience. Absolutely. Thank you, Monica, for having me. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all resources for each show, including the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.